Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're a Bible-based church located in Peter, Ontario, and we're on a mission to reach people who are far from God and see them become devoted followers of Jesus. In this podcast, our family pastor, Andrew Friesen, wraps up his series, Brick by Brick. And in this message, we're exploring the personal opportunity we each have to play our part in the kingdom of God. And the question I have for you today is, what will you do with the brick you have in your hands? With that, let's turn it over to Andrew as he wraps up his series, Brick by Brick. So here we are inside our facility. This is just a random classroom. That's going to be the preschool JKSK room. Can't wait. There is... A little bit of work to be done, as you can see, but that's that's all the beauty of this project that's in front of us. That's why you know, that's partly why we're talking about bricks and mortar. And so uh, we have bricks. We have our lives. If you're running with this analogy, and we can choose to mortar ourselves in with different community. Yeah, this is this is mortar that I pulled off the side of the building. We're gonna patch that up. Uh, but uh, there's different uh, you know opportunity that we have in front of us. We have an individual opportunity. So we're gonna jump into. The book of Nehemiah, if, uh, if you don't know where Nehemiah is, about halfway through, a few books right before Psalms, which is in the middle of the Bible. And let's go to Nehemiah chapter 4, okay? So um, just to, to give you the backstory on that, you know, as we talked about last week, there's this guy named Nehemiah. He, he lives in this, this is a place called Susa, which is 1,700 kilometers away from Jerusalem. And Jerusalem was this hub of the Israelite uh, religion, the, the, their culture. That's where everything was. And they had gone into exile they, their culture was kind of a mess. They're just kind of devastated by what had happened to them. And Nehemiah takes it upon himself in the middle of their, their temple, having been rebuilt, but it's kind of exposed. He says, you know what? This is what God has called me to do. He wants me to build a wall. So he pulls all these different people into it to be a part of building the wall. And, um, if you read through the story, you know, Nehemiah 3, Nehemiah 4, and Nehemiah 5, it, it walks through the process of that wall being built. And we're going to talk about uh, some of the stuff that we dig out of Nehemiah chapter 3. But fast forward, because um, along the way, if you read Nehemiah 4, there's all sorts of opposition. As soon as they get started, it's like, you know, no, 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 this has to stop. You know, all the, all the surrounding nations, they're like, what is this? Who are these people? Like, I'm not, I'm not okay with that. They, uh, they reject the people of Israel being there. And Nehemiah has to face, you know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Um, you know, he's, he's all about that. And the work continues on. And eventually it says, Nehemiah 4, verse 6, it says this. So we built the wall, and all the wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. When Sonia and I lived in Toronto, uh, when I was 22, we'd been married for a year, I felt the weight of our student debt just kind of piling up. And um, we had kids young. We, hadn't, we didn't have uh, Hannah yet. But at that point, it was like, okay, I got to make some extra money. I was doing part-time schooling uh, and working, you know, maintenance at the university. And I started my own little business, okay? I had, I had freezing home improvements. I had these little, little uh, business cards. I went door-to-door knocked on people's door and just said like, hey, do you have any handyman jobs that you need done? And it was crazy, okay? What I realized was that GTA people will pay for anything. I mean anything. My bread and butter was 
window washing. I had this little holster, had this squeegee, had uh, had all the stuff, and I had this like O2 Civic, okay, this rust bucket of a Civic, and I strapped on top of it a 24-foot extension ladder and a six-foot step ladder, and I made a killing. Okay, so I window washing. I mean, there was people that didn't know how to run a screwdriver. And so they're just like, uh, could you install install this smoke detector for me? Oh, yeah, sure, no problem. I'll be all over that for you. Uh, you know, staining decks, all sorts of different stuff. And what I realized in that moment is that there are people that are, they just kind of seem like allergic to work. Okay, and, uh, and, and what I realized is that there are things in life that can't be outsourced. There can't be outsourced. You know, some of the things that can't be outsourced, parenting can't be outsourced. Some of you guys have felt that in the middle of this pandemic. Um, there's things like the faith development of our kids can't be outsourced. There's different things. The kingdom of God being built in Peterborough can't be outsourced. And, and you know, as we think about who we are as a church, as individuals, what I want to say to you guys is that we need a mind to work. And for most of us, that word work is like a four-letter word. It's like, ah, please, no. Play, yeah, we'll take that four-letter word. But work, no, 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 shrink back from that. But as we look at the book of Nehemiah here, I want you to see that this word work is a beautiful thing that God is calling us into. I'm going to set this down. See, we all have a part to play. Do we have a mind to work? You know, maybe you're in the season in the middle of COVID that's like, I can't take any more. I understand that. Uh, I think we're all kind of feeling a bit of that, that languishing, that exhaustion. Uh, some of us are feeling it at a whole nother level because of different things going on in our homes. But what I want us to look at is as we look to the future in a post, you know, post pandemic, post lockdown world, there's an opportunity in front of us. And even right now for some of us, you know, it's, it's green light. Let's go. Let's get on mission together. Uh, and so we're going to be talking about that. So Nehemiah 3, okay? Nehemiah 3, I'll start in uh, verse 1. There is a whole list of some, like, fascinating names uh, that, you know, a bit of a tongue twister. Nehemiah 1, then Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brothers, the priests. They built the sheep gate, okay? They consecrated it and set its doors. They consecrated it as far as the Tower of the Hundred, as far as the Tower of Hanano. Uh, probably not saying that right. Uh, and and it, the, the story is going to keep going on. They do a so, full circle of, of the area. It says, and next to him, the men of Jericho built. And next to them, Zakur, the son of Imri built. You could just read on and on. I'll pick it up in, uh, in verse 8. It says this, next to them, Uziel, the son of Harhiah, goldsmiths repaired. Well, uh, next to them, Hananiah, one of the perfumers, repaired, and they restored Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. Next to them, Rephiah, the son of her ruler of half the district of Jerusalem, repaired. It's like, okay, please just stop with the names. Okay, stop with the names. What I don't want you to miss is that these names matter. There, like I said, there is 75, 80 different names listed here. There's 12 different occupations. We have goldsmiths that are all of a sudden like laying bricks with mortar. There's, there's perfumers. Like estheticians are jumping in on this. You got politicians jumping in on this. You know, like things are really happening when the politicians jump in on the work and project. And what I want to say is that every person has a part to play. All of us have a part to play. And when I think about Christianity... What strikes me is that Christianity is not just a set of, you know, uh, philosophy and ideas. It's about the transformation of people. 
And of all people, I love philosophy. I took a minor in philosophy. But when you see the kingdom of God rooted in the lives and the character and in the transformation of people, that's what it's all about. And you see that in them. And so, um, you know, I think about the names that are written down, how God cares about every single name in the Bible. He cares about the names uh, in our homes. You know, there's probably 3,000 different names listed in the Bible. They're written there. You know, genealogies are just endless. It's like, please, like, if, if, you're, if you've got a genealogy and you're like, Bible reading plan, it's like, okay, skip. But those people matter to God. And I think about the people that we are and who is God making us to be, and we matter. And here's what I'd love to say, okay? God-inspired dreams involve God-shaped people. He chooses people. You and I, to build his kingdom. He could do it a lot of different ways, but he chooses messy, broken, uh, you know, in progress people like you and I. And so we talked about last week how there's mortar that binds us together. But this week we're talking about the individual bricks. We're talking about how every brick matters. And throughout this morning, I want to tell a few stories about people, individuals that have, that have been a part of the legacy of Pathway Church. And, uh, I'm going to start with Ben and Jen. Ben and Jen are this couple. They've been involved in different ways through the years. Jen started in Pathway Kids probably, oh, five years ago with toddlers. And she's just got this, like, energetic spirit. And then Ben, he is, like, this interesting mix of, like, introvert. And then he just goes off the charts, life of the party, vibrancy, okay? He built this potato cannon with uh, guys in his small group and their parents. And, and it's awesome. Like, we'll shoot an LED ball up, and he'll give 100 bucks to a kid if they can catch it. No one's caught it yet, so that, that offer's still on the table. But Ben and Jen, um, they, they bring this, this love for God, love for people that's just beautiful. And three or four years ago, they got involved in Pathway Youth. And uh, it's just been amazing to see uh, them being involved. And, you know, last summer... They had a daughter, and I thought, oh, here we go. Like, they're not, they're not going to be involved in Path of Youth anymore. And guess what happened? Three weeks later, we're doing the leader orientation. Guess who shows up? Ben and Jen. Jen's got the baby in the carrier, just like my wife saw any years ago uh, with, with Hannah and Leah. And they're just on mission. And if you want to see them get exceptionally passionate about something in their life, ask them about their sponsored child, Sophia out in Thailand, who they visited, I don't know, two or three times. I'm not quite sure exactly how many times, but they get passionate about it because they just have that heart and love for God. Let me tell you about Kathy, okay? Kathy is someone that uh, mental health is something that breaks her heart when she sees people hurting. And uh, she's been a part for the past four or five years in developing different resources for the people of our church. Um, mental health awareness. She's been a champion for good in that area. And, and, and there's been times that she's been leading like two different groups at once. She's been behind hope and resilience. She's been behind, behind different, different initiatives that we've taken because it matters to her. She wants to be a part of it. And, and it's something that breaks her heart. And she, she takes action. She does something about it. Let me tell you about, about Paul. Okay? Here's a guy that's passionate for revival. He goes around different parts in the city just to pray. He prays for the next generation. And I remember uh, one time 
start of COVID, just as we were figuring out online ministry, doing recording, and I went into the office on a Saturday, and I, just for some reason, I don't know, I guess it was must have been God, Paul calls the landline at the office, I pick up, and, and I'm just kind of talking about what's going on in, in the world that we were in there, and Paul says to me, Andrew, you know, don't forget that he who began a good work in you is going to carry it on to completion, and uh, in that moment, those were exactly the words that I needed. And uh, he helped me get through because of his prayer. And uh, there's other people behind the scenes, just warriors. I think of Rick and Samantha. You know, when, when Rick's waking up to get out of the garbage truck, you know, he, at 3 or 4 in the morning, he's praying for us as pastoral staff. This is just heart for pathway, for the kingdom of God to be built here. You know, these people, they're, they're doing exceptional stuff. And, you know, they probably don't even want me to share this about them. They're probably like, oh, this is embarrassing. But this is what's happening when people take their lives. They say, God. I, I want you to do something with this. I want you to do something special with my life. I am all yours. I'm all in. Let me tell you about, about Kathy and John. Okay, Kathy is this, this beautiful soul that you know takes care of kids in her nursery. This is pre-COVID. You know, kids kids that um, six month old babies that, that their parents are like, do I really trust these people? They would pass their kids off to Kathy, and she just has this such warmth and, and care and this trusting spirit about her, and she would just do an incredible job. And John, on the middle of the, you know, any, any week that had a big snowstorm, John would be there. He would be there at 6 a.m., laughing away as we roll bins down the hallway, uh, half awake. You know, John was there, and then in the middle of COVID, as their roles changed, they're just like, hey, how can we help? What can we do? How can we be a part of this? They're, they're, they're brick. They're like, I am a part of this. Mortar me in. I want to be involved at another level. And so they were a part of our A team. Uh, and of course, just so you know, we have no B team. So, uh, But they were a part of our A team that's involved with, with cleaning, that's setting up chairs, uh, welcoming uh, guests, seating us. In the middle of COVID, they said, no, 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 we're not just going to take a back seat. We're going all in a part of this. You know, I think about each of our lives, our brick, our names, you know, carved onto it, whatever your name is, put it right here. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to be a part of it? Who are you going to mortar yourself next to? See, uh, you know, those lists of names, I could go on for dozens of people that I admire in Pathway Church. That's just a tiny little cross-section. There are so many people that are doing inspiring work. Their hearts are broken by different things and they took action. So the question for you and I is, what are we going to do? What part do we play? Yeah, sure, there's, there's, there's this duty, you know, because, because out, of, out of what God has done for us, it's just like, wow, I actually do owe him my whole life. And there's this sense of like, oh, I... I have no other option but to give myself. But, but it's more than that. There is like this passion, this heart, this love. And God-inspired dreams involve God-shaped people. So I want to quickly go through five different things, okay, of God-shaped people that you're going to see in their life. And we're going to start, uh, you know, with, with Nehemiah 3, verse 5, with serving. And Nehemiah 3, verse 5 says this, and next to them, the Tekoites repaired, but their nobles would not stoop to serve their Lord. And of all the 75 different names, only one gets called out because they would not stoop 
to serve their Lord. Everyone else was all in. They were like all about this. They were passionate about the work that God had called them to do. See, when you're a part of a team that's on mission, that you're like motivated, I think of team sports. For me, it was like high school soccer. You know, we, we trained together. We did it all. We, we rode a bus for 11 hours from like Fort Francis to Wawa. It was like the worst. But we did it and we had a great time together. But when there are people on that team that just kind of think it only about themselves, it stands out. It's obvious. You know, it, it, it stands out. And for those people that weren't a part of that mission, the Tikoites, it stood out. And so what you're going to see in the, in the lives of God-shaped people, they serve. They humbly serve. And I'm not going to talk too much about that because next week, uh, Todd is going to pick that up right there. But there's this line from Dallas Willard that I want to focus in on for a second. He says this, discipleship is the process of becoming who Jesus would be if he were you. Okay, so if Jesus were you and he had the personality, the skill set, the, uh, the opportunity in front of him, who would he be? Okay, how would he serve? I want you to think about how you can be a part of serving. Number two, cooperation. You know, if you read that, Nehemiah 3, it says, and next to him, and next to them, and next to him, and next to them. And then it's, it talks about like after him, after him, after him. And there's this idea that they didn't just build on their own. They didn't just build their own homes. They built in unison together. They built alongside each other. See, the thing is, you know, it's brick by brick. There's, there's a multiplication factor when you bring different people together. And uh, there's no such thing as a lone ranger Christian. Okay, I just took a first aid class. You know, the body is just this like this amazing um, creation of God and every part matters. Every part but needs to work together in unison. And uh, if you're a Christian, you think you can just do this on your own. You're you're, you're mistaken. There is cooperation with uh, the people of God that we need. And so, um, you know, I want to invite you to be a part of of a team in the kingdom of God, whether it's a pathway church or some area uh, in Peterborough. But then I want to talk to number three, but something else that you see in the life of Nehemiah. You'll always see opposition. And I'm not talking about people that are being oppositional and they're just defiant. No, no, no. When you like Nehemiah, okay, Nehemiah, uh, is this, this this fascinating leader? He has he has a good good cause. He has a good motivation. He has a good team around him. He has a good plan, and yet there were people that just said like, no 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 no, like this can't happen. If you go to Nehemiah four verse one, it says this. Now when Sanballat heard that we were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged, and he jeered at the Jews. He's like, you know, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it for themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish up in a day? It's like, come on, what a joke. Look at these people. And I think of the things that God has called you and I to. Whatever it is, whatever it is that breaks your heart and you take action on, it's not going to be easy. There's going to be people that criticize you left, right, and center. You're going to have people that say, no, nah, he'll never amount to anything. You know, she'll never, she'll never get, make any traction on that. And what we have to realize is that Satan is working with all his might to tear down what's good. He's working, uh, you know, with everything that he has. When I look at the life of Paul, I was reading 1 Corinthians 16. He says this, I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost. 
until Pentecost for a wide door for effective work has opened to me and there are many adversaries. Okay, so it's not just like that there's an open door like, hey, things are going to be smooth and all. There's an open door and guess what? You're going to face opposition. Okay, Uh, you know, we're not going to take our cues from culture. You look at the life of Jesus. Jesus was killed. Life is not going to be a cakewalk for us. When we say yes to following Jesus, we're going to face opposition from every side. Because Satan's not just going to you know, lay down and let us win. Uh, he's really not. Uh, so, if you have something in your heart that you feel God has called you to, and it's a bit of a struggle, guess what? You're probably exactly where God has called you to be. And there are times that We have to accept the criticism of people around us. Maybe there is something that we can learn from them. But then, you know, when you read the story of Nehemiah, there's situations where it's like, you know what? I know that you're dead wrong and I can't, I can't be distracted by you. I can't let myself, you know, you know, be, be torn down by you. And uh, in those cases, you might have to just send a little, little note with uh, Nehemiah six, verse eight written into it. Maybe even just the reference Nehemiah six, verse eight. It says this. Then I sent to him saying, no such things as you say have been done for you are inventing them out of your own mind. Yeah, I don't know. It might not go over well, but there's times that we just have to disregard it. And that brings me to my fourth point, which is this. Resilience. Resilience. You know, God-shaped people are marked by perseverance and resilience. Nehemiah 4 verse 21 says this. It says, um, let me find it. So we labored at the work and half of them held the spears from the break of dawn until the stars came out. And I also said to the people at the time, let every man and his servant pass the night within Jerusalem so that they may be a guard for us by night and and may labor by day. So neither I nor my brothers nor my servants nor the men of the guard who followed me, none of us took off our clothes. Each kept his weapon at his right hand. We're going to keep the armor of God on. We're going to persevere. And in the middle of COVID, when there's so much to be frustrated about, we're going to lean in to the character that God is instilling in us. You know, a couple weeks back when Pastor Nathan talked about David before Goliath, that character that that we form in the tough times, behind the scenes, that's what allows us to thrive in the stage, in those moments where we're put to the test. So, uh, Nehemiah six fifteen says this. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of the month Elal in 52 days. And when all our enemies heard of it, all the nations around us were afraid and fell greatly in their own esteem for they perceived that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. Okay, we're going to stay Consistent. We are going to stay motivated. Even when there's things that could tear us down, we are going to be resilient in the face of things. You know, Hudson Taylor was this missionary to China that did incredible work. He has this line. He says this, There are three stages to every great work of God. First, it is impossible. Then it is difficult. And then it is done. So just because there's not an open door in front of you, 
doesn't mean it's not God's will for you to go that direction. Maybe God wants for you to kick down that door, to have the boldness, the courage to, to, to ask and seek and knock and keep pounding on that because he wants to see that you have heart to continue in. And as a church, you know, we're going to face obstacles along the way as we reach people far from God and see them become devoted followers of Jesus. And in your life, you're going to face different challenges. Are you going to be resilient? Are you going to push through? Or are you just going to say, ah, it was too hard? And give up. Lastly, people that have a God-shaped life are marked by eagerness. And I'll come back to that Nehemiah 4 verse 6 thing. That the people had a mind to work. Do you care? Do you care? And, and, and when I think about that, that, that mind to work, there's, there's people in our church, in our community that have said, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to invest. I'm going give, to give my money. Uh, towards this mission. I'm going to sacrificially give. There are people, you know, th- like Ben and Jen, that have sacrificially given up their time to be a part of this. Uh, there are people that are eager to be behind the scenes. They're passionate about the work that God has called them to. They sacrifice. They joyfully give. They happily serve. Why? Because Jesus deserves everything. He, 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 he's, he's the one that it's all about. This is what life is about. And maybe you've heard this before, but I'll repeat it again. Your greatest ability is your availability. Is your availability. So what are you going to do with your brick? Okay? What are you going to do? What are you going to uh, be a part of? What's the, what's the life that God is calling you to? Um, last week I talked about a volunteer interest form, uh, about a way to get involved here at Pathway. And what I really want to draw your attention to is that uh, we've got eight different categories right now that we would love for you to start a conversation with us about being involved in a pathway. And maybe God's calling you to something outside of pathway here, here in town. Maybe it's with Youth Unlimited. Maybe it's with uh, Core of the Food Share. Maybe it's with Kids Against Hunger. There's lots of good organizations out there. But in pathway, here are eight different things that we would love for you to be a part of. Pathway Kids is something that's ramping up. We've got a VBS coming up, which is basically like a summer half-day camp, uh, July 12th to 16th, that we're so excited about. And maybe you want to be a part of that. Or maybe it's Pathway Youth, and you want to be a part of teens' lives as they walk through these you know, crazy years, that you want to be right there alongside of them. Maybe it's Facilities. Okay, you have, you have skills, uh, whether it's gardening, whether it's things uh, inside, demolition, construction, uh, setup, teardown, and you want to be a part of that. Maybe it's first impressions. You love helping people to feel at home. Okay, maybe that's your gift, the thing that God has given you. You're, say, you're saying, hey, my brick, this is how God's wired me to be. I want to be used for him. Maybe it's in tech. You love cameras, you love sound, you love that kind of stuff, love recording, uh, there's a place for you, especially right now. You know, there is a place for you. Or maybe it's, it's care. You love delivering meals. You love visiting people. Uh, you could be a part of it in that way. Or maybe you love leading a group. And you want to be a part of seeing life change as people journey through these years together. Whether it's a short-term group or a long-term life group. Or maybe it's something else that you say, this is something that God has laid on my heart that I really want to be a part of. We have a volunteer interest form at pathwaylife.com slash serve. It's also listed in the YouTube description box below this video. But I want to say, you know, some of these roles start right away. Some of them, 
are ways down the road. There might be months yet before we launch into them. But we want to start conversations because when, when restrictions lift, we don't want just want to like, oh, okay, I guess we should do something. We want to hit the ground running. This matters. This matters. This city, these people, we matter. And uh, what God has called us to is something that we're going to give our hearts to. So we're going to start a conversation, okay? That's all we want to do. Uh, there's no like commitment if you fill out one of those forms. Uh, we want to start a conversation because we have a mind to work. We're not going to be like you know people of the GTA that are just going to outsource it. They're going to say, ah, someone else is going to do it. We're going to commit to working. And maybe you're at a time in your life that's like, I don't know that I can really give myself to this. That's okay. That's okay. Maybe there really is something that's, uh, that's just hard that you're walking through. Your time will come. Your time will come. Uh, and in the meantime, that's why we need other people around you, supporting you, caring for you. We're going all in on this. And uh, I just want to quickly draw your attention uh, to, to this video, and then I'm going to wrap things up right here. Since I started volunteering at Pathway, I've learned a lot about hats. Like, it's okay to wear them backwards. It's okay to wear a toque inside and pretty well year-round. Hi, my name's Jen, and uh, my husband and I have been serving with Pathway Youth for the last three years. I was at Pathway for about six months when I first volunteered. Through volunteering, I got to meet a whole bunch of people that I probably would never have connected with, and those relationships have uh, lasted six, seven years, something like that now. Something that we love about Pathway Youth Group is Selfishly, how much we've grown together in our marriage, uh, serving alongside of each other at youth group has been so much fun, and it was something that we wanted to make sure that even when we moved to a new house, that we were within driving distance of youth group to make sure that our commitment uh, stayed strong. The main thing volunteering has done for me is allow me to be part of the mission of Pathway and uh, the mission that uh, God has given us rather than just being a consumer and uh, coming to church every Sunday and, uh, and going back home. So it's been a terrific way to engage in the work that Pathway has been doing. What different volunteers in Pathway Church have experienced is that it's not something that you just kind of begrudgingly jump in on. There's kind of three different things that I just want to point out that is true of people at Pathway Church that volunteer. Uh, one, we want more for you than from you. Okay, what, what I mean by that is that uh, you're actually going to come away from those opportunities of serving, feeling like, wow, that was amazing. I want to do more of that. You're not just stuck in some random uh, you know, corner all by yourself. We're a part of teams. We have point leaders and teams. We don't do a whole lot of committees, but there's people and community around us because we believe that circles are better than rows. Uh, we don't just plug holes. We empower leaders. That means the skills and personality and the things that God has entrusted to you, we want to develop in you. We don't just see schedules and say, ah, oh, you know, hey, we got a hole there, we got a hole there. No, no, no. We want something for you. We want to empower you to lead. Lastly, we help you find your fit. That means you might say, ah, I think this is where, what I'm good at. I think this is where I belong. And a year later, you end up in a completely different realm because there's different things that we explore with you about how God has wired you to work. See, you can put your brick in lots of different places. And that's your choice. You could say, ah, 
I just want to sit this out. That's your choice. No one's going to force you to serve. But there is a personal opportunity in front of us that we're going to go all in on together. And I wish I was in a room with you guys. This is kind of weird, just talking to a camera. But I believe that there are people in Pathway Church that are passionate about the work that God has called us to. And we're not going to just stand by and and just kind of let, let things happen the way they do. We're going to step in. We're going to say, yep, I'm in. I'm in on that. I want to be a part of that. And in the end, you know, it's not just about us. It's not about our names carved into it. In the end, it's not even necessarily about the individual people that are impacted. This is about a legacy for Jesus, for the Holy Spirit to work in us, for glory to go to, go to God the Father. This is about God. And, and what I don't want us to miss is that Nehemiah 3 You know, it lists all sorts of different names of people. But then if you read on, you go to Nehemiah 9, verse verse 5 and 6, and it says this, Stand up and bless the Lord your God from everlasting to everlasting. Blessed be your glorious name, which is exalted above all blessing and praise. You are the Lord, you alone. The name that we're going to just keep lifting up, even more than the names of people carved into Pathway Church or some other part of the kingdom of God in Peterborough, is the name of the God of heaven. You know, he's the one that we're giving our all to. It's him that deserves it. And we're not going to just do it out of a sense of obligation and duty. We're doing it with eagerness. We're doing it with surrender and serving and commitment and passion. And we're going to face opposition along the way, but we're not going to just, you know, shrink back or outsource it. We're going to go all in together, every single one of us, each in our own way, as God leads us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you've opened this opportunity up for us to be a part of your kingdom. And God, I pray that you would stir in our hearts, that we'd be able to sense what is it that you want from us. Lord, thank you that you are near to us, In the middle of our broken world, you're right there with us. And in the middle of what we're facing, in a pandemic, and our own struggles at home and work and in friendships and you name it, thank you that you are near and you are going to build this church here in Peterborough. Lord, um, I pray that you would stir in our hearts so that we would not just sit back, but that we would go all in for you. In Christ's name, amen. Once again, Andrew, thank you so much for that powerful message. And thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. Please be sure to follow us on all of our socials. And we hope to see you in the near future.